So Tuesday, I happen to know something about you that other people may not necessarily realize. Oh, please remember this is live. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, please remember this is recorded for a lot of people. (laughs) Um, Well, I I will keep it PG here. Uh, The secret is, and I'm letting it out now, you are a huge World War II buff. So are you excited for this next film? All right. That, yeah, guilty. That you are completely correct. I am a World War II nerd. Nerd. And nerd. plus, this was special because Oscar Isaac is dreamy, too. Oh, I cannot deny his dreaminess. Uh, I could have Oscar Isaac in every film moving forward. But she is Tuesday, clearly. And I'm Kaylee. And today on Whiskey and Popcorn, we are reviewing the new Chris White's film, Operation Finale. Okay, so we set the stage 15 years after the end of World War II. Now, similar to other high-ranking SS officers who were close to Hitler in that time, a man named Adolf Eichmann, who is also known as the architect of the final solution, has hidden himself in another country. For him, this is Buenos Aires, and he has hidden himself along with his wife and children. Israel's intelligence agency actually gets wind that he is over there, and sets to capture him alive in this top-secret raid that they plan out. At the head of the team is Peter Malkin, played by Oscar Isaac, and it quickly becomes this high-stakes, almost cat-and-mouse game as local sympathizers are trying to actually rescue Eichmann from our intelligent agents' officers, while the Israeli team is working to actually sneak him out of the country so he can stand trial in Israel. We actually have a quick clip here for you from the trailer. You have no interest in what I have to say. Unless it confirms what you think you already know. My job was simple. Save the country I love from being destroyed. Is your job any different? So first, I have to say, in the times that we live in right now, I've really enjoyed having a a justice-seeking movie like this, and not in a realm of the supernatural or a Marvel, but a real-life justice-seeking movie. It really hit all the spots for me. It was historical, But it left out that History Channel feeling, despite the fact that I listened to a lot of World War II History Channel (laughs) documentaries. It was engaging and I could say even suspenseful at times. Yeah, yeah. This film, it's definitely, hmm, you loved it more than me. I'll just lay that out here right now. I felt like this film was a bit of a slow build. Uh, the director, Chris Weitz, he knew exactly what he was doing and the, and the goal that he had in mind. It was very methodical in how he lays out the story. There's just not a lot of artifice here. Thinking back on it and just kind of how the film was put together, the way that we tell the story, it reminded me of like a classic thriller, suspense thriller, in, in, in some ways kind of like a film noir because there's not a lot of 
intense action. It's not like there's a lot of fight scenes or explosions, which we are so inundated these days when it comes to almost any kind of film. It's like you can't have a calm film. But this one, this one's very thinky, very talky. It relies heavily on a good script and, and good actors. And it can fall apart if your cast isn't strong. But between Ben Kingsley and Oscar Isaac, Nick Kroll, uh, Melanie uh, Laurent, it it just held together very well. So even though it was kind of a slow, slow to the climax, it's still engaging enough. And it was managed to hold my attention. And I, I can definitely say, yeah, this was a good film. And maybe that's what I love about it is, you know, me, my my threshold for explosions and 14 million dollar car chases are not and maybe that's why I love it so much is it played more on mind games and speaking on that really my favorite part of the film were the scenes with Kingsley and Isaac to give you a background uh, Isaac is attempting to get Kingsley to sign a confession letter that basically kind of ensures them out of the country And really, the mind games that they play back and forth with each other are just so brilliantly done. We have this tiny bones of a room, and the way they play off of each other, it was so well done. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that dynamic alone between their characters and, and how good, you know, Kingsley and Isaac are with their roles, it makes the film worth watching, that alone. And it's nice to see an actor like Oscar Isaac paired up with somebody who's a heavy hitter like Kingsley because it really pushes the younger actor to reach the next level with their own acting chops. And I think we really do see that uh, with Isaac here. I mean, the world knows him as Poe Dameron from Star Wars. And he went from a relatively unknown actor for most American audiences prior to that, and now he's a household name. But with Operation Finale, he's really able to show off what he can do. So, you know, unlike some other actors who might kind of get screwed over for being in a big film like Star Wars, Isaac is pushing very hard to get out of being typecast and proving that he can do way more than just, you know, sci-fi captain. <laughs> and he proves it here. Absolutely. And, you know, Ben Kingsley, like, what can what can I say? I mean, how can I add to his already amazing glory? What what can I say that hasn't been said? His performance is just riveting. I could just watch him all day as well because he just his performances are just sharp. You can never really criticize him, but I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do that. If, If I had any critiques of this film, I'm going to say it's the accents. I was expecting to hear an Austrian or German-like accent from Kingsley or or really any of the characters that were clearly from Austria or Germany. The Israeli characters, they didn't really have Israeli accents, and I'm not enough of a early Israel history buff to know if, you know, Nick Kroll's New Yorker accent was true to his character or not, um, or if... Oscar Isaac's character sounded like an American. I, I mean, maybe that was true, but at least Ben Kingsley, I feel like, could have pulled off an Austrian accent because I'm pretty sure that uh, Adolf Eichmann did not sound British. Yeah, and I remember watching some of his trial. I, I thoroughly watched a lot of uh, the Nuremberg trials and 
it's been years, but I don't, I, I really can't recall what kind of accent he had during the trials. It was almost not di- non-distinct mm. because of his moving around so much. That's the only thing I can remember is, you know, uh, he's clearly not speaking English during the trials. So, so either way, you know, this isn't Kingsley's first step up in this genre. He's actually played two survivors of the Holocaust. Uh, we have Otto Frank in The Diary of Anne Frank. And he was also Itza Stern in Schindler's List. So, I mean, this genre is is not new for him. In the film, he's Adolf Eichmann, but in 1989, in the movie Murderers Among Us, he actually played a Nazi hunter named Simon Witzenthal. So, you know, I have to admit, accent or not, this man carries real street cred. 100%. And, you know, maybe maybe people will rip apart my own critique for that. But <laughs> like I said, I can watch Ben Kingsley perform in any role. He's just that good. Now, the other day, NPR actually released a fascinating interview with Ben Kingsley. We shared it on our Facebook page, and we will have it connected to this podcast as well on our website. Um, and Kingsley really dives into what it's like to get into character when your character is someone that we see as an embodiment of just pure evil. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And I also think it's interesting to hear the British way of approaching a role versus the American way. Because I think in his interview, it really comes through that they do character acting and acting, acting, whereas like the American way of acting is very um, method where you become that character. That's not really the British way of acting. And not that they discuss that in the interview, but if you listen to it and how he describes getting into the role or rather not getting into the role, uh, you can hear the differences there. So just a a wonderful interview. Highly recommend you guys listen to it. And for all we know, that could be Kingsley's pure like self-preservation, having to play such a evil man. Before we wrap up this review, uh, there's one more thing I wanted to touch upon, and that's actually the costuming and set dressing. This story is set in the 1960s, and really the costume and set designers just knock the ball out of the park with all of the design from the clothes to the vehicles to even even the glasses that Kingsley's character wears. It really felt like we were stepping back in time. And in some ways, I almost felt like this film was made in the 1960s. It just kind of had that feel, kind of going back again to the old school way of telling a, a thriller story or a film noir. It just it kind of harkened back uh, to another another age, really. You know, I'm glad you touched on that. Whenever I see amazing set design and costuming, especially in an era-based film, I sometimes forget to comment on it. Especially with World War II movies, I always think in the back of my mind, what like kind of warehouse do you keep hundreds of Nazi uniforms for a movie and make it seem normal? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you just label it World War II memorabilia and hide it? Like, How do you order these kinds of things to be made without making people cringe it it is fascinating and i it probably depends on each production because sometimes they'll just you know make them from scratch and maybe other times they actually have a warehouse of 
of uh, uh, set design and clothing. Yeah, it's like, hey, we need 50 SS uniforms. And it's like, you need what? (laughs) (laughs) That that always just fascinated me. But I'd love to know if any of you guys have that background and know what kind of goes into that where – you you need that kind of costuming and like what does that look like <laughs> that's it for our review on operation finale clearly we highly recommend that you see it but either way be sure to subscribe to us on itunes stitcher or soundcloud and follow us on facebook twitter and instagram all you have to do is search whiskey and popcorn And for those of you who are actually here in Phoenix, where we're based, make sure you mark your calendars. There's a film festival coming up, Desperado, which is Phoenix's own LGBT film festival. Uh, We'll have some coverage coming out here shortly with that and with our partnership with Echo Magazine. The film festival is September 28th through the 30th. And we'll see you at the movies. Thanks for listening.